What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fangirl Faves. Chloe here, and oh my gosh, I have not been so obsessed with something as I am with Hamilton in a really long time. And I mean, I get obsessed with things pretty easily. Nah, not easily. But I can get pretty obsessive if I like something. But guys, right up front, full disclosure, when Hamilton came out in 2015 and everyone was like raving over it and was like, oh my gosh, you gotta go see Hamilton, even though no one could afford tickets to Hamilton, um, I was like, whatever, it can't be that good. I think all of you all are just on this bandwagon because you want to be, because it makes you feel important to be like, I saw Hamilton in the original cast. I'm sorry. I get it now. I can fully confess and admit that Hamilton is arguably actual genius. Lin-Manuel Miranda did get like some genius award for it. I didn't write down what that was called, but he did get it. He deserves it. Um, but who you guys. So why are we talking about Hamilton? Because as most people know, Disney Plus just released a recorded version of Hamilton on their streaming platform on July 3rd, just in time for the 4th of July. This was very strategically done. Uh, not necessarily on purpose. Um, I did watch an interview with Lynn. Um, and, you know, he... Uh, I don't even remember what the original question was, but he was saying, we did record it. It's in a vault. We're waiting for the right time to release it so the most people are able to see it and watch it. And, I mean, 4th of July <laughs> during a pandemic probably was their best bet. So, um, yeah, so... I have Disney Plus and I needed to know what all of the hullabaloo was about and um, I didn't watch it on 4th of July. I watched it the day after 4th of July, um, still feeling patriotic, and I watched it twice after that and I, well, I watched it twice in total. I have uh, seriously debated trying to watch it a third time trying to get my uh, non-musical loving husband to watch it or literally just any friend to come watch it with me so I feel less bad about watching it a third time. It's three hours long, three hours of my day to watch it a third time when I have non-stop listened to the soundtrack since watching it on July 5th. And I literally mean non-stop. Like, I've listened to it all the way through at least once every day, if not more. Um, so I, I'm obsessed on multiple levels too, before we, before we get into this on multiple levels. First of all, I cannot even wrap my brain around all of the little details and f frankly, just freaking awesome things in this production. But also, historically, I did go pick up a book. Well, actually, I didn't pick up a book. I've made a list of historical books by using uh, Google to research our revolutionary history because, full disclosure, guys, history is not my thing. Um, 
dates mean absolutely nothing to me. I can't keep them straight in my head. And I know important people, but like not necessarily what they did or, or why it was important. Yeah, it's a problem. There's a reason that I went to English and not history. I can't even keep literary dates straight in my head. It's actually a problem. But this production and the story is so interesting that I can't even wrap my head around the musical production, but also just like Alexander Hamilton had so much fight me in him. Like, I just think that it's a wonderful, wonderful way to portray someone. Um, and I just think it's super interesting. And even the other historical figures that pop up, I, I would throw money at anyone or Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm not going to be able to say his name fast, guys. I'm so sorry. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, if he made other musical productions of historical uh, people, that'd be cool. So, let's get into this now that I've uh, spent... I have set you up for my obsession. We are not going to get to everything. I have been on so many Google deep dives and gone down so many rabbit holes. I am pretty much just going to throw all of the fun things at you. And um, I don't even know if they're going to stay in an order. But for anyone who doesn't know, Hamilton is a Broadway musical production. It was written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. And it is about the life and story of the United States first Secretary of Treasury, Treasury Alexander Hamilton. Um, the musical director was Alex Lacamoire, who was, who is friends, I guess technically is a good word, with Lynn. We're just going to call him Lynn. Um, have zero personal connection, but we're going to call him Lynn because saying his whole name is very difficult for me because I talk very fast. Um, they were friends and in the story I'm about to tell you, he has been involved with Hamilton pretty much since the beginning. Thomas Kale was the director that picked it up on um, Broadway and Andy um, Blankenbuehler was the choreographer. One thing I will say, as just an assumption, I did not see Hamilton on Broadway or off Broadway or any other time. But just in general, with a theater production, my limited number of theater productions that I've seen is you see the whole scope. You are seeing everything at one time. And one thing about the Disney production is um, I would assume it's the same director. I assume he directed the filming of it as well. But he stays tight on these main characters. So Hamilton and Burr and... Uh, Eliza um, so you miss a lot of the choreography happening around them which is typically with the rest of the ensemble the trade-off to that is that you do get to see some details that you probably wouldn't if you were in the theater especially if you weren't sitting in the first like three rows so give or take it's probably one of those things that's you could watch it multiple times on Disney Plus and then go see it in theaters and still think it's awesome and vice versa. Um, but so there is that. 
So, like I said, I have learned so many cool things about, like, the history of these people and, honestly, uh, the inspiration that Lynn had for this. Like, I mean, he basically um, was on vacation. Uh, He was on Broadway. He was on vacation on a honeymoon is what it was on his honeymoon not just he wasn't just showing up at someone else's honeymoon he was on he was on vacation he had been uh starring in in the heights which he also was a musical that he wrote on broadway and he was reading rob Cherno's biography alexander hamilton and literally basically kind of had the thought of this guy um has so much fight me in him and his so colorful and like interesting and pretty much that's when um the gears start turning in his mind and uh he started putting together what he called the hamilton mixtape and in 2009 he performed a very early version of the opening number alexander hamilton which can we just agree is one of the coolest opening songs of a musical I mean there are a lot of I mean an opening song is important to a musical but just something about that song is it might be my nah I don't know we're not gonna get into that but anyway he performed an early version of Alexander Hamilton at the Obama administration's White House Evening of Poetry and Music actually the full it's the White House Evening of Poetry Music and Spoken Word I don't know why he was there or how he got invited, but he performed it there, um, and he says that he's working on a concept hip-hop album about someone that he thought very much embodied hip-hop, that being Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton. This is after he read the book. Pause. Um, I was very, I knew nothing about Lin-Manuel, Manuel. Oh my gosh. Um, Except that he wrote Hamilton and he was a composer and he was in Mary Poppins. That's like pretty much the, and he was super famous now. That's pretty much all I knew. He's a really cool dude. Um, Guy, person. I don't, like, um, he's very, but anyway, before this, he was in a group that basically did like freestyle hip-hop or something like that um there is apparently a documentary on the group called freestyle love supreme which i think is the name of the group um it's on hulu i haven't watched it yet but i am curious enough to know kind of how that is where his interests went because um like that clearly very heavily influenced his writing for the production. So back to the 2009 evening at the White House, he did get a standing ovation, but I will link the clip in the notes. And first of all, he looks so young and he's so um, fidgety and like high energy and spazzy. It's adorable. Um, But you, he's so jittery and it's, possible that that um 
contributes to some of the reactions because I was very curious about how people were reacting in the crowd and people chuckle and like when he really picks up the rap part um you know people are you can tell in their face like oh my gosh um but while he gets a standing ovation you can tell that no one in this room is like this kid's got the next big thing um and I've seen uh because I stalked him and because I was very curious and I've seen things from Miranda where he says like they're going to laugh like don't let it stop you like referring to that night and then what Hamilton became and I just think that's really cool and he definitely just gauging the vibe of that room via video um it had to take a lot of guts to like throw something like that out there at such a arguably sort of prestigious event and I for one as many other people am so glad that he did um because wow it is it is a work of art like it is art um but I have so many things to say about it let's take a really quick break and I will be right back Today's episode is sponsored by Audible. Audible has thousands of titles for you to choose from for your listening pleasure. And that is everything from regular audiobooks to guided meditations, um, fiction, nonfiction. They have everything. I am currently listening to The Witcher series and they have lots of fantasy like that for us fangirls. And they also have historical books like the one uh, today's episode is inspired by Rob, inspired, inspired by Rob Chernos, Alexander Hamilton biography, and Fangirl Faves listeners get a special offer of a 30-day free trial by just going to audibletrial.com/fangirlfaves, and let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Before, okay, so like I said, I have done some Revolutionary War history checking because um, just how I am. One of the things I am always curious about when art imitates life or you take life or history or fact and you put it into art is how accurate um, it is and how much it strays from the truth because while I do think something like this you should take and you can absolutely just enjoy it at the level of art um, you just mentally should be aware that you are enjoying it only at that level but I think that you are doing a disservice to the story and to the writer if you don't go pick up a book and fact check them I mean I have a totally different outlook and appreciation and thoughts and interest in a period of history that I kind of just have PTSD from studying in eighth grade over and over, like in multiple grades. Um, so anyway, so before we get into, we're going to mostly appreciate it as art. I'm going to smatter in some interesting things about history that I learned that I think are conveyed just so well on stage or he made such interesting decisions but let me tell you some 
fun history tidbits first. Um, so, I, like like I said, I will try to smatter, sprinkle these. I keep saying smatter, I don't know why, but I will sprinkle these throughout as I remember them. But there are two people who I, actually three people, in addition to Alexander Hamilton that I did more extensive research on because I know, like, everyone knows Thomas Jefferson. I was not going to read. I am going to, but in the moment, that is not who was I was interested in because we've all read Thomas Jefferson's. So, the two people that I just are so interesting are Hercules Mulligan, blah, blah, blah. Hercules Mulligan and Marquis de Lafayette. Mulligan was a spy, like a legit spy, who basically charmed British officers by like being their tailor and they just really liked him and he was like using a slave but like which is problematic we know most of the founding fathers had slaves that's a whole other discussion but like then reporting to Washington like pretty much that's I mean as the song tells us um that's how they won the battle of Yorktown is because they had key information from Hercules Mulligan and and this is a whole discussion on it turns into a discussion of Hamilton as a person but one thing I read is that essentially when Alexander got to New York he lived with Hercules Mulligan or something like that and Hercules Mulligan was part of the Sons of Liberty um which as we know was is that small group that kind of started the revolution he's the one that was kind of feeding or sharing these ideas of freedom with Alexander, who, as we know, was super intelligent and obviously a phenomenal writer, um, literally got by in life pretty much because he was such a stellar writer. And um, he is sort of one, uh, like a major player in influencing uh, Hamilton's uh, viewpoint. Um, and then, uh, Marquis de Lafayette is literally, I mean, you hear Lafayette, you always hear the name Lafayette, like, in my mind, I always associate with, like, Bonaparte, that's a whole other part of history, but, like, basically, the short version of his story is that he was young, and he was a rich orphan, and he pretty much just came to America to join the revolution because he believed in the cause. And then he really did go back to France and fight another revolution. I don't know. I just think, maybe I just think he's really could be cool because he's David Diggs. Maybe. But also, I mean, he also clearly is the reason him and Hamilton got along because he also has a lot of fight me in him. So... Yeah, those two. And then Eliza Hamilton. Eliza Schuyler Hamilton. We will talk about her in a minute. We are going to finish this episode with her because, boy, Alexander Hamilton did not deserve her. But before we get to that, let's talk about the music. Because, like I said, I have listened to the soundtrack or I think it's still called a soundtrack, even though it's from a Broadway play. I have listened to this literally every day. 
So, honestly, as probably most people, the first time I watched it, it's fast paced. Like, things are moving, it's rap, it's jazz, and then it's swinging into a totally different genre. Um, so, you're blown away by everything and you can't pick everything up the first time around. So, when you listen to it over and over and over again, you really start to pick up um, the subtleties of um, repeated phrases, like actual like lyrics, and then key musical phrases, which one of the things I love about musicals and musical scores for movies is how they are telling you a story um, without literally telling you a story. Um, so in Hamilton, key like lyrical phrases like that would be enough um I'm not throwing away my shot I imagine death so much it feels just like memory I just start I wanted to kind of count all the different songs but they are used by Miranda to show what is important to these characters also just to um as a sort of theme, like any time like Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton um, interact, you know, they generally like Aaron Burr, sir, which is how we first meet him. Um, and just, I just, I think those things are amazing. And then just musical phrase wise, you hear it. It's, I do not know enough about music composition, but I do know enough that it's one of the reasons I listen to movie and musical soundtrack, like listen to movie soundtracks, just like the score, not soundtrack, the score, um, because you hear character themes, you hear emotion themes, and they are telling you a story. Um, they're telling your brain before you even realize it, what is coming. Um, just like the subtleties um, that you might see going around, like, um, one of the ensemble, anytime she shows up, she is like a metaphor for death. She plays the bullet in the duels um, or other times and it becomes this thing that carries out and is a entire character of its own, but it's not a person. And I, oh my gosh, guys, you can't tell me that that is not brilliance. Like I am one of those people that is like, you cannot create, so appreciate. I am appreciating. So, one of the things, in addition to the music, that you're picking up on those themes is that you, um, oh, also one of the benefits of it being recorded is that you can rewatch it over and over. So, in addition to hearing those repetitive phrases and lyrics that are telling you potentially even an underlying story as to what's happening literally right in front of you, you can watch them. Um, and that's just so much fun. Um, musical, whoa, I'm sorry. Musical influence, which is why, which is one thing, um, is pretty much answered in Miranda's, um, talk at the White House, uh, evening of poetry and spoken word where he says like he believes Alexander Hamilton sort of um embodies the hip-hop world and just if you kind of look through that genre of music like it's very much 
um, at least, you know, like Biggie and those kind of rappers like Common, he says, Common and Eminem are two heavy influences in his writing for the musical. Um, they rely on their writing, which is what Hamilton did, and just the kind of, um, I am standing up for me and taking care of myself sort of mentality that Hamilton has and protecting my legacy and my name in that kind of um, just thought process. And again, it just, there are people out there like, <laughs> I'm not like, I am gushing over Lin-Manuel Miranda, but like, can you all believe there are people, I mean, I can, but there are people out there who can make those kind of connections between the historical figure of a period of history that many people, besides very special <laughs> history nerds, find interesting and literally took it and not only made a connection with a modern day phenomenon, basically, which is the hip hop and rap culture, but then he took it and made it into a musical for not only people to enjoy, but to understand and like, and kept it fairly accurate. Some of the few things that like slipped, not slipped, but I'm sure he very purposefully took out was who, um, like it wasn't Jefferson and Burr and Madison that approached him about the affair and, um, you know, he takes some creative licenses with like what Eliza, how she would have reacted, things like that you have to do because again, is an art form, but guys, that's so freaking cool. But back to these characters, I, again, think a benefit of this Disney plus is that you can feel more of a connection with the characters. You can see, so for example, um, Aaron Burr is technically the villain, quote unquote, of the story. He even says that because, you know, he shoots Alexander Hamilton. But you can see the emotion and the conflict in him um, because Leslie Odom does a great job at conveying that. And you might not be able to see that in a theater if you are not sitting right there. Again, the expressions and the subtleties that you get to enjoy. So even like Lafayette is my favorite character. Debbie Diggs is so enjoyable to watch. He's a spotlight stealer, but at the same time, he compliments his fellow actors on stage. But he's so fun to watch in the background. I had a friend who is also obsessing over this with me right now, having watched it for the first time. And she was like, do you notice that he holds his pinky out? when he's holding a cup every time. And I was like, no, I didn't. That's so why I care about that. I don't know, but it's so adorable. Um, and just things like that, um, that take you on this emotional journey with these characters, just like, um, you really get to see in Eliza's character during uh, Burn, which is the song after the Reynolds pamphlet is released. We will get to that in a minute. So let's talk about Eliza and Alexander. 
let's just narrow in on that. One thing that this does well, I think, unlike some bits of, again, history as an art form, is it's not, not heavily just focusing on one side. Like, Alexander Hamilton was a really smart and intelligent person. He was an exceptional writer and he did do great things for our country, but he also did really crappy things in his personal life. And I've read some sources that like make me kind of think that he wasn't entire like he was all for freedom, but not self-aware enough to realize that some of his suggestions for a government really um, still lean towards kind of like a monarchy. It wasn't labeled a monarchy, but it definitely sounded like that. Um, again, go pick up a history book. I, I mean, I had to, I didn't know any of this. Um, so yes, so it doesn't shy away from the bad decisions he made, which one of the worst decisions was, um, as is pretty much anyone's worst decision is cheating on his very loving wife. He very clearly was a flirt. We know early on that he corresponded with Eliza's sister, Angelica, and clearly there was something there between both of them, but they never acted on it. But he did with Mariah Reynolds. And also, as a side note, because this is a heavy focus, because, man, Eliza is a saint. But in addition to that, he was a man that was obsessed with his legacy and what the world was going to say about him when he gone he was gone. He cared so much about what people thought about him, even under the guise of I'm going to I, like kind of do whatever I want. I mean, the first time he meets Aaron Burr, he tells him that he which is I love. He was like, I kind of got out of sorts with a buddy of yours. I may have punched him. It's a blur. And, um, and Amber's like, you punched a person? And he's like, yes. Um, and then he goes on to say, I, I was basically telling him I wanted an accelerated course of study and then I wanted to join the revolution. And he looked at me like it was stupid and I'm not stupid. And he takes offense to that. He takes offense to Washington not putting him in command um, uh, later John Adams fires him and, um, calls him names and literally he can't just be quiet. He has to like, well, you know what? F you, John Adams. Like he is obsessed with almost controlling this image and what suffered is his personal life. He had eight children with Eliza. They adopted one of their children. Um, and she clearly, I think this is clear both in the production and in history, at minimum admired him. Our, she definitely loved him in the beginning. I don't know what she thought about him after he cheated on her. She didn't divorce him, but, like, she clearly admired him because she, I don't even know where to start with this. Basically, let's just start here. She's a freaking bomb, and Alexander Hamilton didn't deserve her. She 
is enamored by him. And as um, one of the lines in Burn is that she says, um, your words flooded my senses. And again, call back to the fact that he was a great writer, which the whole time listening to that song, I, and then later observing him um, and reading about like, with Philip and even with Eliza and like how he wouldn't go on vacation with him, which if he had gone on vacation with him and been more focused on his family and not his stupid legacy, he never would have gotten in the trouble he was in and he might have been president one day. So many choices that could have been made that made his life turn out differently, which that's a whole other commentary uh, in the product. We can't even talk about that. But anyway, so she... Um, doesn't divorce him even after that and even oh yeah get this she was pregnant when he did it with their sixth child um, when he published the Reynolds pamphlet which can I just say this man literally published his own sex scandal I I just cannot he again so obsessed with what people thought of him even though it was only like three people initially throwing this accusation at him and he could have just squelched the rumors and kind of swept it under the rug which I mean eh, morally is like meh but he confessed to it and published papers and I don't I cannot even think like what were you thinking about your family? Because clearly you weren't when you said, I'm going to literally write about this to absolve my name of any other legal accusations um, regarding the treasury so that I can secure my place in the history books, essentially. Like, what the heck? But Eliza doesn't divorce him, as I've said repeatedly, and I probably keep saying that because if that was me, his butt would be out on the streets. She um, does burn her letters, although historians don't know why. I did find that, that she did burn many of her letters um, from him. Um, but she was a freaking awesome woman. She did lose her son, and she lost her husband. And still, after his death, which is what, this is what I think supports that she at minimum admired him and cared about him because this stupid legacy that ruined their lives, she still worked to support and sustain after his death. After he died, there were um, claims that James Madison. James Madison wrote George Washington's final farewell address and she disputed those claims using um, basically collecting and going through all of these letters and stuff to prove that no, it was in fact her husband who wrote that. Um, she did raise funds for the Washington Monument. She did speak out against slavery and she did establish the Orphan Asylum Society, which is still a nonprofit organization that is standing today um and this is what I think is funny so the actual person James Monroe the actual person who confronted Hamilton about the 
affair was James Monroe, who was a good friend of Alexander Hamilton's, and then basically had copies. I don't remember how or why he had copies of these letters. Um, and essentially a reporter type friend of Thomas Jefferson was friends with Monroe and through all sneaky sneaky he published um, the accusations because he was friends with Thomas Jefferson and wanted to support him. So that scene is not correct. I do get why it was it was inadvertently Jefferson so I get why uh, Lynn just made it those three characters as opposed to introducing this new one that we hadn't seen in the play artistic license but it's not entirely off base but anyway so this is what I find so funny Hamilton again Hamilton is the one who wrote his own sex scandal published his own sex scandal but she knew probably because Hamilton told her that um, Moreau was the one that sort of like initially um broke the rumor like set the rumor mill ablaze um and he paid her a visit like decades after the scandal and she literally had held a grudge for all that time and refused to speak with him so not only does she forgive Hamilton but she like isn't even like thank you for exposing my cheating husband she's like nah I am not speaking with you you have inadvertently also ruined my life. Um, and I don't know why I think that's so funny, but I do. She died in 1851 at the age of 97. One of the nation's last remaining links to its founders. 1851. And I think that Philippa Sue is a beautiful and talented, graceful person. I didn't know who she was before this, but she does a wonderful job as Eliza, um, because I think when you read about Eliza as a historical figure, you imagine her as strong, but also graceful and very loving and um, bright-eyed. And yeah, I just think she does a wonderful job. And then also, to finish this out with Eliza, so the play does end with Eliza set, like telling the audience all these are telling Alexander these things like I raised money for the Washington Monument I thought about what you would do if you had more time and I did that um and then the end of the play she gasped and there's so many speculations um about what that means and it sticks out to everyone and it's essentially it's an entire range of it is Eliza seeing the orphanage, it is Eliza seeing the audience, um, it is Eliza crossing to the other side and seeing Alexander, and basically what the directors um, have kind of said is that it's varied with every Eliza that's played it what it is, and I, again, think that is the wonderful thing about art in an art form like this, is that you can have all those interpretations. One that I read that I kind of lean towards and really enjoy is that at the end, um, because Lin-Manuel Miranda, who plays Alexander Hamilton, does leave stage and then he comes 
back and just this like they do this weird like turn and where they're facing and then Lynn guides her to the front of the stage and it could just be that it's Alexander Hamilton but one person said no that's Lynn guiding her to the front of the stage showing her that he told her story and I was like oh I like that theory um so that's the theory I'm sticking with because I like that one Oh my gosh, guys. Overall, I am going to say it again. I think that this was genius. I think that it puts history into a language that people will pay attention today. And just because it is such a phenomenon, I think a lot of people will go and watch it and then, you know, be curious about the actual history, which is what I think is super important. I think that what he did as an art form is phenomenal and amazing and I know that the speaking and quick um rap the jazz and like that style of music is not for everyone and I do understand that like non-stop singing type musicals no speaking are not for everyone but it is one of those things where I am going to have to highly recommend it no matter what your favorite type of film is um, it's just that amazing. You don't got to listen to the soundtrack on repeat like I have. So that, oh, that's what I got. I have so, I'm obsessed. I can't believe I'm obsessed. I was initially kind of annoyed about how obsessed I was, but I've just accepted it that this is my life now. So yeah, guys, that is all I have. That is Alexander Hamilton. Go watch it on Disney Plus. Go do some reading about the historical figures, Alexander Hamilton, and also Eliza and Lafayette and Mulligan um, and Lawrence. I didn't even talk about him. Um, Anthony Ramos. And um, I mean, he did really awesome things too before he died. And yeah, I just have a new appreciation. Um, and under, not understanding, but a new appreciation for this period of history and these people because they did sacrifice a lot and do a lot to um, kind of start our nation. So we'll start the United States of America, my nation, the that I live in. <laughs> um, that's all I got for you guys today. If you have a favorite song of Hamilton or something else cool that you caught, because like I said, there's so many subtle things, you should definitely let me know. I would love to hear them and uh, geek out with them over you. And until next time, bye guys.